now we're going to go around the Big 12, and I think we're doing – we had an idea that was a little different for Big 12 preview this year. Um, and instead of basically doing the normal Big 12 preview, we were going to do basically a vibe check, right? We were going to do a vibe check at the end of the podcast, and then after we got a chance to see everyone play in week one, we were going to really say big overview of what we were expecting because – we sat down the other day to, to actually start to record this and realize that we just it was hard to know for sure if we knew enough to be able to make it a coherent and good podcast and then you know we're always looking to give you all quality for sure i mean that's if anything this podcast screams it just screams quality <laughs> so uh, i think yeah that's the last that's the last one right so we're going to do a vibe check um who do you want to start with i mean let's start with kansas they finished at the bottom of the league last year what's your vibe on kansas um, I like that coach, but it's Kansas. Year away. Year away. That's so, my, what does year away mean for you, though? Like, are, are, uh, we, are you uh, expecting uh, one win, three wins, four uh, wins? No, I, I, I think they are. I think they're probably a three to four. Um, I think they're going to be competitive, though. They, they remind me. They remind me of Baylor in '09, which was, you know, they were Baylor had a couple of injuries, and I don't know if it's going to be injuries that are going to keep them away. But you could tell that that Baylor team, even though they went four and eight. It was a significantly better team than the 2008 team, and they just – you could see that with, like, just a little bit more, they were going to get there. And I don't know that they're going to get there in 2023, but that that's the roster vibe I get from them, which is probably, like, six to eight pretty competitive games where it's competitive into the third quarter, which would be a home run for Kansas historically. Um, or not historically, but based off the last 10 years. And then, you know, we'll see what happens in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I mean, their Vegas over-under is two and a half. So in some sense, they're not a year away. I think they're ready to be a competitive bottom bottom of the Big 12, but not doormat team. I like their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. I love their coach. I think they're running a coherent scheme. I think they're going to not finish last in the Big 12. Okay, Texas Tech. Vibe check. Um, they're going to have a killer front seven. I'm really like they're going to have it's not going to be as good as Baylor's but their front seven is going to show they they lack some speed at middle linebacker but it's going to be really good offensive line has the potential to be to submarine the whole season and they're going to have to work around that I I think they're a five win team that might be a four win team because their schedule the first part of the season is brutal mm-hmm. uh, and I just I, I, I don't think they've got the offensive line to make a bowl we'll see yeah, I, I'm pretty much in <clears throat> total agreement with you there. The other thing is, I think to watch how their scheme uh, matches up with their supposedly good defense, if their offense is just atrocious, because you don't want to run three plays in 45 seconds and then have your offense, or excuse me, have your defense right back out in the field. But agreed. I watched the spring game. I was impressed with the defensive front. I think they're they're competitive. They're playing hard. But not enough weapons on offense. Quarterback play is going to be up and down, and the offensive line is absolutely terrible. Um, I think they'll probably you know play up for a game or two, but, yeah, I'm expecting closer to three or four wins as opposed to five or six. So, yeah. Um, who do you want to go to next, Jeff? Uh, we'll start at the top and work our way down. Iowa State. Okay. Iowa. I'm much higher on them this year. What? I guess it's West Virginia. 
Is West Virginia further north than Iowa? Uh, I don't know. Actually, probably not. No. Uh, this, this makes for some great radio. Okay. Why don't you do West Virginia, and I'm going to look this answer no, up. No, it, right it's now. definitely Iowa State, now that I think about it. It's definitely Iowa State. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about my uh, United States of America placemat that I loved when I was, like, in elementary school here. Um, so I'm going to go with Iowa State. Okay. So I am much higher on them than I think almost anybody else this is offseason, and it comes down to I think Purdy was pretty bad. I think he had a sort of Charlie Brewer-like effect on the offense where he kind of constrained them into stuff they didn't really want to do, but they just kind of stuck with what he was good at. I think their quarterback, Hunter Deckers, is going to be good. Um, I think I like the vibe of the fact that they've flown totally under the radar after a couple of seasons of high expectations. Matt Campbell's a great coach. Defensively, they're going to be more of the same, which is like top 25 quality good. I think the offense could also kind of sneak into that top 25 quality there. And if a few things break right for them, I think they could play for the Big 12 title game, but they probably need a couple teams ahead of them to be worse than expected to do so. Uh, I, I I think that sums me up pretty well. Um, their front's going to be nasty this year again, and right. it's it, you know with that with the defensive scheme that they run, it, it's just it's really hard to imagine anyone getting over 30 from them, like in a, in the in a normal in a, in a normal game flow. Um, and if they're you know, it just it seems like they're kind of due for a year where it goes well for them. That's not scientific at all, but they've had some bad luck with injuries and they've had some bad luck because of their QB and it just they should have had five more wins than they have had the last three years because of the QB. And I, I it just it just seems like I think that they're gonna be better than people expect. Um okay, so I know the people I know the listeners out there were very curious, but Morgantown is at 39.62 degrees north, and Ames is at 42.03. So Ames was further north. Boom. And now y'all get, you know, I know y'all were very concerned about that. So <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, I, I just one last thing I'd always say. I just think that kid Deckers is going to be good. Um, he's, he's big. He's strong. He can read the field. Um, I just, you know – don't 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 let him surprise you, folks. He's going to be a good quarterback. But let's talk about West Virginia next, Jeff. Um, it annoys me. My vibe on West Virginia is that it annoys me that Neil Brown is as good a coach as he is, and he's only two years older than me. And I wish I had like I, I wish I had more than that. But they are one of two teams that I, I legitimately I legitimately don't have a feel for. Right, and that's really the only vibe I've got is I like Neil Brown. Yep. So. I think I think um, the other teams I have towards the big uh, bottom of the conference, I don't think have upside to make the title game, and that, I'm talking about teams like Kansas Tech. Um, but I think West Virginia legitimately could finish anything from first to tenth this year, and I'm not kidding. Like I'm not saying that as just like a radio style hit. Um, that offense has the potential to be insanely good. I yeah. think JT Daniels is being undervalued because, uh, you know, of his kind of, you know, mishaps at these previous other two schools. I watched him against Clemson last year when he was playing for Georgia, and he played a damn good game. I mean, he's yeah. a good he's a good quarterback. Uh, they bring back all the receivers, offensive line. They're replacing running back. The problem is I looked at their defensive depth chart, and I started researching who some of these cats are. And outside of like two or three guys you feel good about, they have the potential to be absolutely atrocious on defense. So that'll be something yeah. to watch on Pitt uh, when they play Pitt. Is it? They, I think they need to be a team that can just be like middling competent defensively. And if the offense hits, that could be good enough. But if it's week one against Pitt, and I know week one you expect bust, but if it's just like if you kind of clearly just see like this ain't it defensively for them, it's really hard to win in the Big 12 if you're consistently giving up more than 31 points a game. So. 
Uh, that's my read on them right now. But massive variance because um, the offense could be scary good or it could just be okay. And then if Daniels gets hurt, it's like maybe they're just below average. So I think there's just a lot of variance with that team. Yep. Okay, then Kansas State. Okay, my second-ranked team in the Big 12 entering the preseason. Yeah, you, and I, you and I are on the same page with Kansas State. So here's the thing. They're going to have a top 25 quality defense. Like, I think we know enough about climbing staff to know, like, they bring enough guys back. They're replacing a few pieces. But they're going to be right around that kind of, like, 20th to 30th range where it's like they're not clamping anybody down majorly, but they're also not giving up, you know, 28 points a game. But here's the thing. If you're going to create if you're going to craft an elite offense without elite wide receivers in the modern game, you need a dynamic running back and a dynamic athletic quarterback who can play off each other with a good offensive line. That's what Kansas State has. Um, they're going to be able to be explosive with the guys they have in the backfield. And the other aspect of that is they have even though their wide receivers aren't amazing, they're veterans. And so they're going to know where to be. So uh, you know, I'm just I think I'm just a lot higher on Adrian Martinez because I think he's become a meme. He's not a meme. He's like legitimately close to as good of an athlete as Robert Griffin III was. I know like that sounds crazy, but trust me, you'll watch him run in the open field. The dude is a freak. Um, so I think they're going to be able to do some really interesting stuff between him and Vaughn. This is way more than just a quick vibe check. I'm sorry, but I'm very high on Kansas State. Um, I think there's a legitimate chance that Kansas State has like a top 25 defense and like a top 15 offense. Um, I think they have the potential to be that dynamic offensively where you just can't stop them on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so since it's vibe check, I'll keep it short. Um, I, I adore their coaching staff. I, right. I just uh, – uh, and that's that's not too strong of a word. Like I, I really respect those men. I, I, I love the way they coach. You know, if you, if you listen to Aranda after the game last year – they, he talked a, he talked in depth about how deep they went into the rabbit hole at K State, doing punch counter punch both offense and defense against that staff, and just the respect that Aranda had. Kind of like I, I really like that staff going into that game, and then coming out hearing Aranda talk about how well prepared that K State team was. At just those guys are awesome, and yeah. they're 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 the team that I am. If it's not Baylor, that's the team I'm rooting for this year for sure is, is yeah. K-State. Yeah, real um, quick, real quick addendum. It's my favorite game to rewatch from last year on the tape because yeah. every single yard was earned on both sides of the ball for both teams. Like, it was a true, like, yeah. two best teams in the district are slugging it out in the final game of the year. Like, that had that kind of vibe to it. So, all right, on to Texas. The vibes are off for me. Um, I don't know if it's these pictures of Quinn Ewers I'm seeing where I, it's just, you know, they're throwing me off. Uh, but here's the thing. I think their upside defensively is just pretty limited. I, they're, Because their inside backers are just not going to be any good. It's really hard to play good defense with bad inside linebackers, especially with the style they're going to play. They have good players at other spots, but I think the upside is limited defensively. I think they need to be elite offensively in order to kind of reach the ceiling they're going to need to reach to make the Big 12 title game. Losing Isaiah Nair makes reaching that elite status so much harder. I don't know that most people really recognize it. They went from having two NFL wide receivers to one. And when you're operating with a freshman offensive line that you're relying on keeping two safeties back and bombing down the field all the time, it's tough. 
Um, so I think this is a team that still could be like third or fourth in the league, but given all the culture issues we've seen and given the Texas entitlement syndrome we've seen in the past, I think it could be a team that's actually fourth best in the league, but craters down to fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, because things maybe go poorly for them in a few games at the start of the season. Um, you know, the vibes, the vibes out of Austin are all bad. Um, I have to, this is one of those times where Every all the news that's come out of Austin since training camp started has done nothing but to confirm my priors. And so at this point, including I, I the boosters going to a scrimmage that only they could attend. <laughs> like at this point, like I think I got a boomerang a little bit. Like I can't. They're not. They're not going to suck forever. I mean, they're just not. The, the team has too much raw talent. And even if I don't really like that coaching staff, uh, which I don't. Um, they're really talented in a lot of spots. And so like I, I they they seem like a eight, eight-ish, maybe nine-ish winish team that is probably going to struggle in the first part of the season and then really kind of balloon up towards the end. I think they if they October is going to be crucial for them. Like they're either going to be able to put it together onto an upswing into November, or it's going to fall apart kind of like it did last year in October. And you know, this I mean, there's a world in which this is his last season as head coach. Yeah. I mean, that that's it. I mean, it's Texas. They got the money for it. Um, but so it just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to, I think they're going to find a way to get to nine wins because they're just due to have one of those seasons where they get to nine wins and you just see a lot of UT people running around in their gear and pretending like they are going to win the national title in 2023. Like that just, that seems like I'm going to have to deal with like one more big Texas season before they before they leave and you know I'm just kind of preparing myself for that so okay Oklahoma State I don't think they're as good as they were last year and I don't think that QB can really get any better yeah uh and so it just they seem like a team that the window was last year and even if they are almost as good there are too many other good teams, and they just—I think they're going to win a lot of games. I don't—I don't see them as—I don't see them at eleven. I don't see them at eleven wins this year. Yeah, I have them fourth entering the league, and I think it's because the floor is pretty high. Their defensive front, um, specifically, I should say, their defensive line is very, very, very good. The yeah. question for me is: you're inserting two new inside backers. They had a couple of good ones with Devin Harper and Malcolm Rodriguez last year, uh, because if they can become a team that can stuff the run so that they get to run the passer, passer, that's a lot different than a team that's kind of blitzing all the time but giving up big plays in the run game. So that's a big thing I'm watching for them because I think offensively they're not going to be as bad as last year, but I don't see a lot of upside as long as Spencer Sanders is QB. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking whereas last year they were at 9 or 10 wins, I'm thinking closer to 8 or 9 this this year. I, I think that's that's where I'm at with them. All right, Oklahoma. I think that I think that coach has a lot to overcome there. Um, they they remind me a little bit of when Rule came in. Uh, some of the reports I've heard out of Norman, it reminds me a little bit when Rule came in and they tried to get measurements for the entire team in 2017, and none of the measurements were right. Like everyone was like 30 listed as 30 pounds heavier than they actually were, and like two inches taller. And then when they went back and like actually like readjusted everybody's weights and timings and like did all the training it was not nearly as an impressive roster as 
people had thought looking at it from 2016 because that was you know that's kind of how art ran the shop um i think that there's a lot that that oklahoma team is gonna have to work through i just they it's a totally new team i mean they have some massive turnover there i mean they just they are the i think they are the team that has more more guys on their two deep that were transfer ends than anyone else in the conference and like top five in the country like i think they were second or third so it's it's really hard to predict them i think a better way to do it is to try to predict what we think we're going to see out of that staff and i like that staff i like that staff so much more than i like ut staff because i mean that's who they're always going to be measured against um they seem like a team that's going to figure out a way to get significantly better in the second half of the season and then they're going to be real scary kind of going forward but it's this feels a little bit like a transition year one getting used to the way the new coach wants to do things um relearning how to play physical because that team completely forgot how to hit for the last three years under um, the previous regime and it just that that takes a little bit of time so I, i could see them being significantly better in the second half of the season than the first i don't see them as a threat to win the big 12 title i know that everyone else has them like in the playoffs and a top 10 team i just if this was their second year i could see that but first year i would i'd be surprised if they ended up at at, honestly with more than like nine wins that's my vibe right yeah i think i think what you have to look at for them is that the first half of their schedule is so much easier than the back half so it could end up being a favorable situation for them where they can ease their way in and then play really well in the back that's really what i've got my eye on for them i mean that's true i also the nebraska game is going to be yes i think nebraska is going to be pretty good i think Nebraska's going to be pretty good I, i like you know Nebraska's head coach is a moron, and I just we can just say that because we're not on like an official whatever. That that Scott Frost is an idiot, but despite the fact that he is has limitations as a head coach, that team was a lot better than their record was last year, to say and the least. To say the least. I mean, they just they did so many stupid things wrong at the end of games. It's just kind of impossible for me to imagine that they could be that bad again. So. I could absolutely see a scenario where Nebraska wins that game, and it's it's a little Oklahoma's like looking around like. You know, pretend you know, pretending like the sky is falling because they lost to Nebraska. So that you know, that's that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, quick quick addendum from me. Um, I don't have much to add there, but just basically, my main question for them is: I think they're going to be like an okay defense to start the year, and then be pretty good by the end of the year. Um, offensively, yeah, my worry is. Yeah, offensively, my worry is that I don't know they have a dude outside. And in that Levy system, you really, really need a couple of outside wide receivers who can command attention or at least just win those 1v1 shots outside. Gabriel's really good at throwing those balls. I know they obviously have talent out there, and but I, this isn't a Baylor situation where they have a couple of great tight ends to lean on in a running game, and it almost doesn't really matter what happens outside. Like They really need a couple of dudes to win outside consistently for that offense to really be humming. And then the problem is if he doesn't have weapons outside and then he's sitting in the pocket trying to read stuff over the mill, Gabriel's just a guy who's eventually going to get killed. Um, he's very much built like Charlie. He's tiny. Like He can't take a lot of hits. Or, excuse me, not like Charlie. Oh, my gosh. I'm, this is the first of many times this season he's built – um, like Shapin. So anyway, uh, on to the last team. TCU, I think, is the last one we haven't talked about. Yeah, I'll, st- I'll start um, with TCU. Um, I, I, I like this team more 
um, than I did a month ago, and it's because I looked at their defensive roster and I looked at more uh, at Joe Gillespie, their defensive coordinator who came over from Tulsa. Interesting, uh, interesting career for him, Jeff. You probably know more about him than I do, but he was he was the Stephenville head coach after Art, um, and then ended up kind of working his way up through that staff at Tulsa. Um, it's kind of a meme to say three three stack because every defensive co- uh, every commentator on fo- a football commentator loves to just call anything that runs a three down front into a three three stack. Um, but I I like what they have defensively, and I think you'd be kind of you'd be fooling yourself if you don't think Dykes is going to be able to turn out at least like a top forty offense this year given the weapons they have. So I'm expecting. Not a lot of upside to make the Big 12 title game, but I also don't see the downside of them being terrible. I think they're going to be very solidly lit team that's kind of like around 40th nationally. Like things are working on both sides of the ball, but they're just not great at anything yet. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I, don't, I don't have a great vibe on this on this team either. They are going to be, I think, if, of all the teams that I look at and go, what's the team that I think is most likely to get to do two wins better than my first impression of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, and my first impression of TCU was seven and five. Uh, what's the team that's most likely to do that? I could see TCU at nine and three. I mean, they got a lot of talent on that team. And I, the thing that I will say for them is, I, I'm the jury's out for me on the head coach for them. Like, I, I SMU is a very particular place that requires some hand-holding with boosters in a way that it, I don't always know is applicable elsewhere. It can be difficult to recruit there. There's a lot there. Um, I really like the I really like the staff that he put together. I, I, I just people I actually like their staff better than I like tech staff for the two new staffs. Neither one of those staffs is as good as OU's, which is them, Baylor, and K-States are the best, I think, in, in the conference for sure. But um, they have a good staff. And so I just – they seem like a team where – like I, I don't want them to do well because it's TCU, but I, it just seems like I'm going to look up and be like, "Man, they really finished nine and three. They're not going to go through a phase where they suck." Like, really? Like, I think you've said nine wins for like six teams so far. So the, you got you got to do better of lo- allotting your win totals there, Jeff. But I, I see what you're I saying. Think, well, I mean, yes, but I think there's going to be. I really think there's going to be a lot. Of, there's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to go eight and four, nine and three. There's like four or five teams that are going to be right there. And the only thing that's going to separate them is going to be like a pass interference call with three minutes left in the game. And I just the, – the middle tier of the Big 12 is gargantuan. Like, yeah. I, I really think – I, I really think it's like eight teams. I, I yeah. just – I do think it's – it's a, it, well, it's probably seven. And I, I personally think that K-State and, and Baylor are probably in a slightly higher tier than the rest of the league, but it's not by much. But just from my perspective, I think there are seven teams that I could see they have nine wins or they have six wins. And yep. I just – I can't ever remember a middle field like this. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. Like, there's never been another se- season like this for the Big 12 where you're going to have a minimum of eight teams, I think, probably in the top 40. I mean, that's kind of bananas. Yeah. Okay, well, that was in 15 or 20 minutes or however that long it took us. The idea there wasn't to provide a comprehensive overview, but just really just kind of do the pretend we're sitting on the couch, um, just chatting, you know, vibes check on these teams. And then after week one, we'll come back and really do a deep dive or maybe not necessarily deep, deep dive, but kind of try and get a feel for what we learned in, deep, in week one, where our vibes were off and where, where we see things changing in the future. Um, that's it for part one of the preview. We'll come back with a much more kind of particular preview in part two, where we 
really kind of try and give more predictions for what exactly we think the offense is going to do, what the defense is going to do, and what we think Baylor's going to do as a whole. Uh, Jeff, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, nah, that's really it, man. I think I, I'm excited for the season. I it did strike me that there is like there's football tomorrow. I won't watch it because I'll be at a I'm going to a college retreat in college a church retreat for sun, a Saturday tomorrow. But there's football tomorrow, and there's co- there's high school football being played like right now while we're talking, and there is a full week of college football in eight days. And so yeah. I it's it's here. Like we're not waiting around anymore. It's here, and I'm excited about it. So awesome. All right, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right. Bye, y'all.